This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Zone Time, everybody. I'm Julian. Sam is here. Avery is here. Arun is here. Uh, Tic Tac Tomar not here with us. And it's a damn shame because uh, this is an episode where we know he would bring all the fire. Uh, we do have a Toronto representative in Arun uh, in light of everything going on with the Leafs. All is not well. They're on a losing streak. They failed to pick up a win in California uh money mitch mitch marner not really going through a good time there's shambles in the brains and all that arun do you realize the responsibility that is on you as the lone toronto person on the show to actually be angry for an entire fan base with uh, yep. tic tac tome are not available yeah i mean big shoes to fill but this is not manufactured anger i think this is real man like the ontario teachers about going strike and the only thing that people care about in the police uh just imploding in california it's bad. It's really bad. Like I think last night, just to give an account for it, I try to talk to other sports fans in the city just to get a sense of what the mood's like. And just, you know, just talking to people. And I ended up talking to a table full of dudes who just were calling for Sheldon Keefe's head immediately after they blew the three, one lead. When Zegers scored the goal in overtime, like you could just see like a good section of Queen West and Toronto and the downtown core just spill out. So it's a mix of rage. There's some apathy. I've had several friends text me saying they're not going to watch a period until Keith or Kadubas gets fired. It's 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 bad out here. Um, and I think it's to be expected. There's been a lot of like patronizing responses like, oh, the Leafs have a similar record to XYZ like contender. But the context of six playoff losses in a row, first round losses baked into another talented team underperforming again what what's to be expected like everyone should have a laugh at the maple leafs expense but to be mad at the fan base the fans should be outraged and uh i'm all the way here for it okay um sam do you have that spreadsheet that that one fan made about why kyle dupas should be fired i feel as if we as a family should go through this together i do mm. i in case people haven't seen it uh at shani duba d-u-b-a no s at the end tweeted a <laughs> tweeted a photo of a spreadsheet that they had made and printed off and taken a photo of oh my God. that's my favorite part of it so far is they actually print it well they made the spreadsheet then they printed it <laughs> then they took a photo <laughs> then they tweeted the photo 
<laughs> they tweeted the photo. Like, it's like it's so like this details of all these things that Kyle Dubas did as GM. It's just at the top, it just says why Kyle why Kyle Dubas needs to be fired. Like this is bad. Like I don't think this is ever like there's been doom and gloom for quite some time and exasperation, but like when we're at a point where we have people literally like writing out full on reasons why a general manager should be fired and tweeting out screenshots of papers to do so. Like this is not good. Is it altogether surprising though? Like, I feel like that's just like sort of the, it's not surprising. It doesn't make it any better. It's just like, it's just the manifestation of what what was actually surprising. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say what was surprising was I feel like a lot of the responses, including from Leafs fans were like, this is a little over the top. Like, he doesn't need to be fired. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And all those trees that died for this, like, Matt, go touch some grass. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, how much ink died for you to print a, a spreadsheet for that stuff? Like, really? Really? Dude? I mean, I know, I know you're mad, but come on, man. All that ink you wasted for that? Here's this? what I will say. Off the screenshot, <laughs> it does look like one paper, but just judging off whoever this person did this, he's definitely someone, like, I would love to just picture this guy, like, printing out multiple copies and giving this to different members of his family, just to but try you, to pass on the message. He's, like, taping them up on, like, telephone poles all through downtown Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save you guys for real, like, oh, man. You could have spent time like- being productive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how did much you- more productive this person is. Go ahead. Did you did you see the spreadsheet, Ern? Like, what, yeah, I what did. were your thoughts on it? I did. I I mean, I thought there were some inaccuracies in there too to begin with, but I mean, I just thought it was just sort of the physical manifestation of what people are feeling, anyways. Like, I don't know. Maybe I should be more, more shocked or surprised or uh, in awe, but it just seems to be just sort of like what several people are saying in group chats, anyway, among media members. Like, forget just fans too. Like. Um, I sort of applaud the uh, the initiative in some ways because, again, a large sect of this fan base is checked out. Like, there's, like, rage is certainly a component of it here, and I'm going to try to bring it and sort of share some of that, too. I mean, but apathy is also the, the next emotion here in Toronto, too. So I'm also sort of for this idea of at least having some feeling whatsoever. I mean, large, large swaths of this fan base, people that we know on Twitter too, and like have made friends with and online relations over the year, are just like, I'm done with this team. So at least there'd be some sort of response. I'm all the way for it. I mean, calling for Dubas to be fired. Yeah. Over the top. I don't know. I mean, like it is one of the four palatable options the Leafs have, whether it's fire him, fire Sheldon Keefe, which probably is a more proactive response. It probably was more likely generated media results. You make them trade for, Jacob Chickering and hope and pray that it sort of papers over the number of defensive holes the team has, or you stay put and realize that it only has been 10 games after all. But so I think there are a number of options to be valued here for sure. But the idea that, you know, firing Dubas is untenable, I mean, it's, it's, it's on the table. And I'm all Should it really for. just be Dubas too? Like Dubas, even Sheldon Keefe, who like, again, has this great record in the regular season as head coach of the Leafs, probably like the best of any Leafs coach. I could understand the arguments why firing him probably isn't the best thing to do. Like, but also like the players, this is all the players. It's been on the players for like how many years? Yeah. But like, who do you, who do you move? Do you move Mitch Barger? Do you move? Is William Nylander going to have to fall on the sword? Like if you go that route, like you're going to have to give up somebody from that core. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I just, I don't want it to make it seem as if like it's like shuffling decks on the shuffling like chairs on the deck of the Titanic, but like 
unless you go towards the heart of the problem, I don't think you're going to get anything done. And the more I really think about it, the more we look at this team, the more we look at the last few years, like I, I'm starting to wonder myself if like letting go of Sheldon Keith or Kyle Dubas, not saying those things are actually going to happen. I'm starting to wonder if those are actual, the actual solutions for this team. I don't, I'm not convinced. I'm not sure. Right. And I don't think it'd be in the least best interest to make a reactionary move, including a trade, but yeah, I don't know. Like what does that constitute? Right. Like, I think if you're going to also make a move and you're trying to get fair value, that also lies a problem. Like let's say awesome answer is untouchable full stop. But then short of that, if everyone's available for trade, well, like, what would a Mitch Martin trade look like? Like, for example, I sort of floated this in the group chat today, but would Colorado trade Miko Ranton for Mitch Martin? No way in hell. Right. Would try to get a 33 year old, soon to be 34 year old Patrick Kane, who has no defensive responsibility whatsoever for Mitch Martin extract equal value or close to getting maximum value, no way at all. I mean, William Nylander's contract is quite good. It's just under $7 million a year. And you're, John Tavares has been arguably the least best player this year, but you're also not going to get the return on value for a player who's just entered the age 32 season, who's not a plus skater to begin with. Like, what does that look like? I think all the moves are either going to be reactionary from the player side. So in order to sort of get those immediate results, firing Keith is probably the most palatable option to, for a quick change now but I don't know how you guys feel about it. Maybe I'm falling in love with the least like player evaluation. I know all sort of fans and journalists sometimes are guilty of overrating their own players, but like, I just don't know where the value comes from, from a trade side. So I, I think it just, has to be. I'm, I'm with, I'm with, go ahead. Yeah, I'm with go, her. Oh, <laughs> oh, this has never happened before. Yes, uh, thank I'm you, with someone who's not, not Omar. Omar. Wow. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Crap. But so I, go you know, go as somebody on, who's not, who's not a Leafs fan or Leafs media, not don't consider myself media in any way. Um, <laughs> I would say that looking at that team, I think the, on the trade side, the problem is like you say, they're, they're in their window, right? Like when you're in your window, any trade you make, you have to be adding a player of value. Like when you were the Blackhawks, it was adding Hosa. Like, but for them trading one of those pieces is in theory a good idea, but like, what are you getting that they're not already bringing? Who are you getting in return? Like what team is going to give up a player of equal value? You're not going to clear any cap space. Like you're not in a position where you're trading to recoup like a top three pick. Like that doesn't help them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if they tanked and got Connor Bedard, sure. Yeah. <laughs> But like, that's a pipe dream. Like they're just kind of stuck in the position where they're in their window. They have literally like some of the best players in the league. It's just not coming together. And I don't know, I don't know how you fix that problem. I don't know. Avery, do you want to add on this before I make another point? You know, I agree. I don't, right now, I don't see a trade that'll help Toronto right now. I don't see that a trade in terms of dealing Nylander, dealing Marta, helping them out right now. I do think I, it will be, most likely a coach firing. And I think if we do get a coach firing, then it'll be out goes Sheldon Keith. Come on down, Barry Trotz to Toronto, I think. Oh, great. Like, I mean, no, I'm just thinking, I, I think Barry Trotz would make sense for this team. At least he knows how to win the playoffs. And I, I, I know we were talking about it in the group chat. Have we acknowledged the existence of a zone time group chat on <laughs> episodes of zone time? I think we have. Maybe we have, maybe we in haven't. Passing, but uh, breaking the fourth I think wall, probably man. in passing. 
Very much so. Yeah. Um, and 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 fine, I get it. Maybe you need to add players that are more fitting of what Barry Trotz would like to incorporate. Maybe that helps. I want to go back to that Patrick Kane thing for a second. You mentioned the fact that Patrick Kane is 34. He's actually 33 years old. Going Within the last years, year yeah. of that contract here. I understand aging winger, early, like early 30s, probably going to decline in play. But like, this is a guy coming off a 92 point season. This is a guy who had 66 points in 56 games the year prior. This is a guy who has shown, at least at his best, that he can actually perform in the playoffs. And if there's one thing that the Leafs have shown, they have good players. They haven't had a lot of guys who could perform in the playoffs. If you're going to make a move for a guy like Pat, if you're going to involve like Patrick Kane, I, I, I still, I mean, Chicago would like to probably if offload him. If you're going like, to go I, for, I don't know. If you're going to go for Patrick Kane in, in the last year of his contract, 92 points smaller. Why don't you just, can I offer you a lightly used JT Miller on the wing? Like JT Miller on the wing has been fantastic. He costs, he costs less. He costs he less. Cost the less. contract is signed and he had 99 points. He had seven, seven more points. He did. And, and I, I'd say plays a much more physical playoff style game than Patty Kane. Yeah. I don't but know. Patty also Kane Patty Kane is what Briggs too. He's not going to solve the least problems though. He's allergic to playing defense. Like, so <laughs> if that's the issue here, like, I'm sorry, Mitch Marner played awful last night against the Ducks Sunday night before, I guess the viewers, but um, so I guess it is sort of silly to bring up the fact that he's a significantly better defensive player than Patrick Kane, given his recent form, but he is. So, oh, yeah, if you want a defensive player, you don't want JT Miller. Yeah, you don't want JT Miller, you don't want Patrick Kane. Like, I don't know who's available necessarily that makes sense. Like, the only names that made sense is Matthew Kachuk, who just got traded, mm-hmm. Miko Ranton, who, again, I think the abs would just hang up the phone immediately. It's like, who are the comparable players for Mitch Marner in a trade? I don't know. Um, you know, maybe it's a lack of creative thinking on my end, but if you guys have suggestions, I'm all for it. I've just tried to rack my brain. I just don't see the, see the window there. If we give you suggestions, are you going to pass those on to Kyle Dubas? Uh, yo, maybe. <laughs> uh, you know, why not? Why not? Yes, are, they, are, they, are, they taking, are they taking fan mail at this time? Yeah, I mean, like... Would you, would you consider trading for a goaltender? Oh, oh, that's ooh. that's a fun little variable, right? Because goaltending is so unpredictable. Like, unless you're Vasilevsky, no one knows if you're any good or not year to year. I guess I would. But that also sort of, like, it's an interesting sort of, like, variable fix. Because on one hand, it probably actually papers over to Leafs, like, anemic goaltending. On the other hand, if this goalie doesn't hit, we're back to square one, right where we started. And... I don't know. I think I would in theory, but it just depends on who the goaltender is and knowing that that's going to add the most amount of sort of um, you're at, you're adding your, to your risk level, like going for a That's your Demko. Yeah. Like, like, like that's not realistic. But... Why are you trying to give away all the Canucks? Oh, like if that's your Demko. Why not? Like, yeah. I think the fan base would be excited for it. I think like, you know, I... it'd be a nice sell from the, from Dubas and Shannon, a nice easy win. He, Dr. Demko, even if he's playing poorly, is an immediate upgrade over any of the Leafs goaltenders by far. And yet it adds an element of risk into an already risky year. So I think that is sort of the, the trade-off there. Okay. Well, we know Sam clearly isn't a member of the media. She's low-key an AGM for Sam, the Sam, you're part of the media now. Team. Well, yeah, you're definitely part of the media now. She's part of the hockey, hockey world ecosystem. There you go. Not an actual media member. But, like, you're in it. I'm just a fan. <laughs> yes and we appreciate your fandom um look if, if the leafs can't find anything creative through trade 
come on down, Sheldon Keefe. I, I guess that's what's going to have to happen with this team. Uh, that being said, they're not the only team starting off badly. I mean, the Minnesota Wild are not starting off great. Tampa Bay would probably like a better start. Speaking of other teams that Sam likes, the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche have a very similar record to what the Toronto Maple Leafs have. And they're like, a, they're no on a one... summer long hangover. Yeah. You know, they had a short summer. They spent most of that summer partying with the Stanley Cup. That's well, it doesn't injured? help that. Yeah. Landis Gog is injured. Doesn't help that Nutrition had a great start. Now he's injured. Can't stay healthy. No, like it's, but we just kind of accept that things are going to be fine. Um, because those yeah, so other have proven things will be fine. Like Joe Sackick and Julian Breedwell have earned the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Winning cures all, man. Winning cures all. That's true. It does. It does. You know what the biggest loser in all of this is with the whole Toronto thing? It's not Marner. It's not Leafs fans. It's Amazon. Like all those like all or nothing jokes. I think I made it in the group chat yesterday. They've lost out on like three seasons worth of work. That one season they did gave us a lot. Since then, like the Leafs have given the hockey world at least three seasons worth of all or nothing content that we should be consuming all over they should be like like how hard knocks on the nfl side you could always just go to the cowboys and you can get something good it should just be with the leafs just just do that they're the most interesting team there are people who legit legitimately see like view counts go up whenever they lose and they cry about the fact that you know when they win they don't get nearly as much sorry steve dangle i kind of had to mention that specifically but still like that's what it is they've become the league's most prominent soap opera and we just keep focusing on them that's just that's just what it is you know, it's just funny, what it is. the funny part of that is they might be restricting more access like just the traveling members of the media tried to get kyle dubas to put together a sort of impromptu state of the union and the leafs put out like a statement basically saying like no kyle dubas's press conferences are like readily scheduled so i think you're not going to get that type of unparalleled access to the team again, I don't think, especially because that happened during the season where they hit, I think, the rock bottom of the era by losing to your once beloved Habs, Julian. But I don't think they're going to, I don't think any of going to get that type of access again. I mean, let's, let's, let's chill. Like, it's been like a handful of games. You already want Kyle Dubas to say something. I feel like, right? Is it just me or it's like if Kyle Dubas spoke after that Ducks game, isn't that adding more fuel to the fire, kind of? Am I wrong? Is, you're not wrong. Like, if a GM's going to speak, it's not going to be 10 games in. If you want the man to speak, I'd say game 50, game 60, sure. But game American 10? American Thanksgiving, even. Game 10? Like, this isn't college football where you go 4-4 four and four and you're done. Why can't it be? Why can't, why can't we be? We've got a fan base that's as passionate and widespread as the Alabama Crimson Tides is, right? So why not? Why not have this Nick Saban-like State of the Unions? Yeah, I mean, I, it's... It is early, but it's also, you know, mathematically, you don't make the playoffs anymore if you can't hit 96 points. And you have to go, like, with the games you have left, you have to go on a pretty decent run to not be just on the bubble of making the playoffs. I only know this because when the Canucks had not won seven games, there was a meltdown here Although I, I would say the Leafs are probably in a much better position to pull it back together and make the playoffs than the Canucks are. Yeah, even though they do have a tough schedule coming up with some really tough teams, including the Philadelphia Flyers, who have, I think, are tied for, or at least have the best points percentage in their division. 
which I did not see coming. Yeah. No, but the Leafs have to the Leafs have to pull themselves out of this. They'll have to figure it out. And if they're not going to make a trade, if they're not going to tap into that core, where I think maybe the problem is there. Sheldon Keith, man, he's gonna have to fall on that sword. I, look, American Thanksgiving, that's when if you're in a playoff position, there's a good chance you'll stay there. If you're not in there, you're gonna have to fight like hell to get there. I'm not saying the Leafs are gonna fall out, out of there, but I feel like by then, which is like in about three weeks, the Leafs need to figure out if they're gonna stay the course with Sheldon or not. Maybe, maybe they'll have an out their own deadline or arbitrary deadline or whatever. But like I just feel like at that point, because we use that as a mark for whether you can make the playoffs or not. I feel like the Leafs should at least do something similar when it comes to the future, at least of parts of management and maybe with some of their players too, but we're going to bring up the Leafs. I'm sure Tic-Tac-Tomar will get a few more cracks in over the next few weeks as well. Um, I know I had mentioned some of those teams uh, who have not started off. Well, was there any other team that uh, in that list uh, that you've seen on the NHL standings that you're just like, like, what the hell? Like why have they started so poorly that we need to point out before we, move on to other things? No, not really. I mean, the Penguins started out hot and now they're ice cold. So that's the only sort of thing I've seen, but there's some, they're back stuck in the middle now. So it's okay. It's they the look Pittsburgh bad. Penguins. Yeah. I'm sure they'll figure out uh, it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. I feel like just, I mean, they're an older, they're an older roster too. I just kind of expect that they'll find a way to figure that all out or they'll make some kind of move and similar to teams like the lightning and the Avs. They have the benefit of the doubt of being able to figure that out and not having everyone freak out, I guess. Um, did anyone watch the uh, the Arizona Coyotes play at home at uh, Mullet Arena the other day or at least see photos? We, we, I know we talked about the locker room. Anyone see the mullets that they were handing out to fans at Mullet Arena? How do we all feel about Mullet Arena and the Coyotes playing there and all the photos of the locker rooms and stuff like Avery what, what do you feel about all that stuff it's not ideal but I love the fact that the fans are leaning into it like the fact that they're saying you know what hey yes this team is not the greatest yes we're not above reprieve but I like the fact that this is going to be an intimate building in which fans are enjoying it uh, my goal from this field was down there and seeing the fans and down it looks loud it looks like it's an intense environment and if you're if you played your hockey if you played college hockey it reminds you of playing a college barn either in the NCAA or in U sports. So there's that kind of a cool amateur feel to it. And in terms of the locker rooms, those are temporary. Those are not what you're going to be dressing in come December when a facility is all done. I mean, yes, of course you don't want NHL team to be dressing in that. It makes a big four sports league the best, but it is only temporary. And I'm going to choose to embrace it. And because, hey, in Arizona, there is a fun market that loves this team. And people had those jokes out there saying, oh, look, they can't fill a barn. There's no one there to fill the barn. Come on. Come on. It's a tired old, old trope. I've been proven false. There's a dedicated fan base down there. Hockey's been in, it, hockey's been in Arizona literally for 50 years at different levels of the sport. So don't feed me that kind of garbage. There's no fan base down there to watch hockey. But I like it, though. Of course, not ideal. But, hey, they're making the most of it. And hopefully, it only lasts for three years. Wow. Yeah, I think I think if you want to if you want to roast Gary Bettman, you want to roast Coyotes ownership, past and present, go for it. I think there's a ton of reason to do that. But I think taking shots at fans who have put up with 
a less than desirable situation in terms of their team and continue to show up for games in a market where I think the last I checked, Arizona is the like number one youth hockey city in the States the last few years, fastest growing at least state that's produced arguably for best or second best player in, in the NHL right now, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty tough sell to say there's no fans there. There's no market there. Like for people to actually put up with a team that has not performed well, has faced a ton of ownership issues and still continue to turn out. I'd say they're pretty dedicated fans. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sort of stuck between Sam and Avery's points. Like I think too, like clearly uh, this is not an indictment of the fans, but Maybe I'm just in a miserable mood today, but like, I don't find this Coyotes whole thing like charming. I think too, like I'm just, just weary of buying like the NHL's talking points and the Coyotes talking points and just uh, like being a stenographer rather than a journalist about it. I mean, honestly, like look at the calculated fun we're having. Yay, we're all singing Blink-182. And it's not a drastic failure of the Coyotes ownership that they're filling a college arena. Look at the college kids having fun. Like we knew that Arizona State has a, pretty good NCAA program. We all know this. I just think like, I don't know. I mean, it's an embarrassment for the NHL and the Coyotes to be forced in this arena situation to begin with. And the idea that we're now seeing it come to fruition, there's been all these sort of force fed talking points. Like, look, we're going to get this forced collegial atmosphere. So again, like I'm not taking a shot at the fans. The fans are great. And they do actually have a genuine like college hockey uh, fan base out there. So it's not the fans, but all these sort of spoon-fed talking points about, wow, this is going to be really fun. Wow, it's going to create this new environment. It's total BS, man. Total BS. I think so the fans deserve better. The fans deserve a they better do. team and a better ownership group for sure. But in terms of like celebrating this, like, wow, look at this cool thing. Also, the Mueller family donated to a transphobic uh, Wisconsin gubernatorial candidate. It takes two seconds of information to... Two seconds. I didn't do a freedom of information request. I did a Google search, bro. Like, it takes two seconds to not make the stupid Mullet jokes, knowing that the Mullet family has a long, rich history of contributing to Republican uh, candidates who support uh, abortion bans and all types of other horrible policies. So anyway, that's my sort of uh, grumpy thoughts on the whole Coyotes experiment, but I'm just not seeing the fun and buying into any of it. Yeah, I think that's well said by all of us here. I, I'm also intrigued at how in the past it used to be so like the fun thing to laugh at Arizona and be like, oh, they have 17 fans and noticing how because of how this arena thing has gone, that has has changed. I was very surprised when we started seeing more people be like, OK, those jokes about how they have no fans are starting to get tired just because I'm so used to those. Also, Arun, I had no idea about uh, the history of the Mullet family. I did not do my Google, so I have to give you points for that. Like that is huge. So. Yeah, I, I don't even know if I want to call it the Mullet Arena at this point, if we're going to have to acknowledge some of the crappy stuff that they do. But uh, yeah, wow. It's, seriously, that was a big point on your part there. Um, I don't, do you, any of you guys, would you, any of you guys actually want to visit it, though? Are you, if, if you guys were, I mean, you're, I mean, Avery is, I am, mm-hmm. Arun is, I know Sam says she's not a media member. If you guys are putting together travel budgets to visit rinks for this season, are you adding the arena in Arizona to your list of that places to visit? My first one I'm going to. First one I'm going to. The first one you're going to. Cause is I, that cause one. I, cause I know it's not going to be here for much longer. I know it's not going to be here forever and ever on, man. Like, say, a TD Garden will be, or say, MSG will be. I know it's going to be one of those bars that's going to be gone in a few years, like, like the Expo Center in Tampa was, 
like the Thunderdome, like other ones have been coming come and gone. So I know it's not going to be here for much longer. I do want to go and see what it is like. It's not going to be here in 10, 15 years. No. I, I, the counterpoint I guess is I like, kind of want to see it. You can get the same experience in the Arizona State game. I guess. You could, but, I mean, okay. It's not it, a Coyotes it, game. It, okay. Yeah. The NHL is not going to be there in, in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. The NHL is not going to be there in go, decades, so. Sorry, I If I was going to yeah. go to a, an NCAA rink, I'd, I'd go to the big house. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going yeah. To that's another thing, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, there are many different NCAA or U sports rinks you could just go to if you want that college experience, too, right? I guess. Saves you some flight money, too. I don't know how much it costs to go from our respective. Maybe if they got Connor Bedard. Yeah, there we go. No if I could go yeah. see Connor Bedard, sure. This iteration of the Coyotes, I don't know. Yeah, that's a very fair point, too. Do you want to see a trash Arizona? Remember, on top of the fact that they have the arena situation that they're in, they're not trying to win games. They are actively trying to be bad. Anyway, we've gone through the Arizona Coyotes. We've gone through the Leafs. Uh, there's one more thing I want to get to before we wrap up. Uh, I, I'm sure everyone here saw Daryl Sutter use that quote over the weekend about uh, why Jonathan Huberto decided to leave at different at a point in the first period against the uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, thought he had to go take a shit. Apparently, nearly quoting him verbatim for that. A lot of people took joy in that. A lot of people thought it was a fun quote from good old Daryl Sutter. Um, I was just curious. I mean. First off, everyone I'm sure here laughed at it. Do we all have any other funny comparable sound bites that uh, we love to go back on in, in the dear old National Hockey League? Oh yeah, shambles in our brains. Oh man, that's that funny. Was, <laughs> that just came, that literally came like a day after that. That was just that was just great, you know. Uh, and I feel bad for Mitch Marner because he said it with full seriousness, but shambles in our brains. This is such a great turn of phrase that. I've been singing. I don't know what that means. I've been singing it to the tune of Drake's "Fake Love" today. Shambles in our brains, and it, oh man, it goes. It, it goes. It goes, man. It's, oh my it's a really catchy God. turn of phrase that I think is going to sort of uh, outlive the Leafs' current uh, woes right now. Just throw it in Drake references left and right here. Jesus, you asked. Avery, you asked a Toronto man to show up, bro. I mean, what do you? What do you I want? Did. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Yo, Toronto bands are rude. Uh, speaking of Toronto bands, I mean, once upon a time, you might have been. Uh, Avery, uh, what about like notable NHL quotes that come off the top of your head? I have that one. Are just because, as funny? Do you recall the Brian Hayward, Sean Avery commute? The Brian, Brian Hayward, d- Brian Hayward, Dr. Nouncer, and Sean Avery had a feud in like 2011 ish. Sean Avery said Brian Hayward was a bad goaltender. And, Sean a- and Brian Hayward said to Sean Avery, How would you know? When I played, you were in your third year of eighth grade. Hey, that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> you know what's funny? You mentioned Sean Avery, and the first thing that came up was that dude who confused you for Sean Avery on Twitter. Do y'all remember that? <laughs> that day? was so funny. What? Y'all, yes. Arun, you never seen this? No. Yo. Yeah. You got, okay. So we have to pull up the tweet, but somebody. Uh, Avery, do you want to retell the story? Okay, I'll I'll give the cold notes. I wrote an article yes. for the Hockey News um, last year, and I'm pretty sure I included um, John Avery in the piece, what I wrote. And some guy on Twitter, well, I, I, some guy I know, I know him now. His name is Jim, nice guy. He thought in the piece, he, 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 he thought the author was Sean Avery, not me. 
for the hockey news. Wow. And it turned into a very funny day of, do you know that Sean Avery is not black <laughs> on hockey Twitter? <laughs> I, I missed this. That's incredible. Someone, so someone Andrew Berkshire, did like the, the pan beam from the office where she's supposed to be asked to compare these two photos. And they put a photo <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. You see yes, they did. It's the same photo. No. Oh, no. That is one of the crazy, like, I don't know, man. Like, Avery, I'm sorry that that happened. I mean, good on Jim. He 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 apologized and he yes. acknowledged his mistake, and he's generally a good dude. We are not gonna forget, we are never gonna forget that. That is a legendary, as far as I'm concerned, that's one of the funniest days. Uh, August 16th, 2021. That's one of the funniest days on hockey Twitter I've ever experienced. You know, I was in Pearson Airport that day, flying back from Toronto to Edmonton. I got on the plane to Toronto. Go back to Edmonton, and my phone had like 100 notifications when I turned my phone back on from airplane mode. <laughs> Yo, so but yeah, the resemblance totally uncanny. Uh, Sam, is there a Canucks related quote or, or sound bite or any, any, anything else that comes to mind? It's, it's not so much a sound bite, but it's hard for me to ever think about anyone making a bathroom related comment without thinking about Luongo <laughs> being in the bathroom <laughs> for overtime game five. And oh his exact God. key, I don't think he talked about it like right after the game, but a couple of years ago, Sports Illustrated did a deep dive. And he says, once I stood up to get ready to go on the ice, which was three minutes before the intermission ends, I went to the trainer and was like, I can't, I can't, I got to go. And he oh. says, the trainer told him they won't drop the puck without you. And his explanation was he was literally in the bathroom when he heard play start and had like a panic attack in the bathroom. <laughs> Oh, that's not as funny then. Oh, no. I didn't know about a panic attack. Know. Well, I don't think wow. it's like an actual panic attack. But he like he realized oh they started God. the game without him. And the Canucks had Danny Sabarin to yes. start overtime of game mm. five in the playoffs. Can you imagine that? Like, you're going through a playoff series. It's like, nah, I need to take this shit, like, before we start. Like, no. That's like, yeah, man, you can't control your body sometimes. But, like, that's that would horrify me. And I can't imagine what it would do for Roberto Luongo, you know, as great as he is. Um, I just think of all the times John Tortorella would get bad, and then we'd all have to see it on TSN the next morning. Like, he hasn't done that in a while, but, like, the back and forth with Larry Brooks when he was in New York, like, I, that stands out for me as, like, notable sound bites. I know he has he doesn't try to give us any anymore, but, like, I don't know. I feel like in the in the peak of John Tortorella not giving a damn about what he says and how people pick it up in the media, like he he needs to be up there. Also, uh, Andy Sutton being questioned and being at, and then going to a report and saying, "Oh, you're an expert." That is like a really old school one. You could find that one on YouTube. Those two, I think, for me are among my favorites. But I know a lot of people right now are gonna go off on Daryl Sutter saying Daryl Sutter saying he thought Jonathan Huberto had to take a shit. Which I have a hard time believing that's really what happened, but that might be a whole other story for another day. I don't know. Um, if that's how I think that that might be it for for this week's edition of Zone Time, people. Arun, admirable job filling in for for Tic Tac Tomar today and representing everyone from from Toronto Appreciate on this week's man. edition of the show. I'll be back on outside after this episode ends, polling random Maple Leafs fans how they're feeling and. Oh my God! Yes, we're gonna need like 
weekly or semi-weekly reports from Maroon. Avery, I realized I didn't acknowledge the fact that you're the only one out of all of us wearing a Halloween costume. Yes, I am rocking some old school Canadiana. I am Burt Raccoon from the Raccoons today. I still have no idea what the hell that show is. <laughs> you got to go on YouTube, go on YouTube, Julian, and Google the Raccoons, and you will see this series about these raccoons in a forest being terrorized by these aardvarks. It was great Canadian content. If I want to watch an animals be animated, I'll just watch Arthur. That has aardvarks. It's not Canadian. Raccoon was Canadian. Hey, they got voice actors who are Canadian. I happen to show? know someone who did a voice for DW on that show. Wow. But the Raccoons was a Canadian show, though. Arthur was an American show. With Canadians oh. voicing on them. Okay. What, PBS? <laughs> Isn't that based in Vermont? That's like practically Canada. It's not Canada, though. It's close enough. Wow. It is not Canada. Go to Vermont and tell them people you're Canadian. See how that works out for you. Yeah, they'll be like, hey, you're actually nice people. We would love to be part of Canada. While trying to annex Vermont? (laughs) What's wrong with that? I'll say this this much, Julian. I can only come on here impersonating Bert because if I were to impersonate, say, Cyril Sneer, I'd be naked. Who? (laughs) You should have dressed up as Sean Avery. Yeah. There you go. For the Rangers jersey. And just like put your stick in front of everybody. <laughs> um, also, uh, before we go, um, shout out Baby Zone time going on trick or treating, right? First time, yeah. Okay, we have to. We okay. All hail Baby Zone time. Um, also, one other thing I got to mention too, even though Omar is not here, uh, I noticed you've seen some of the uh, some people uh, picking up uh, Easter seals, the big charity, and I think Omar is raising money for that. I don't know if we could. We should at least acknowledge it because I think he would have wanted us to to do that. But he is raising money for uh, the big charity game involving Easter seals. I don't know if we can incorporate the link for that, but uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll do some heavy lifting on the part of Omar, even though he's not here. But he'll be back next week when we uh, come back with Zone Time uh, for Rune, Sam, and Avery. I'm Julian saying so long. We'll be back next week. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.